All right, e-commerce playbook podcast coming back at you again in the midst of all things coronavirus. My mind is only there, as I'm sure yours is also, uh, trying to figure out what the heck the right thing to do in the midst of all of this is. Um, I have already blown this once. This is my second attempt to record this today. Actually, my third. The first attempt got interrupted by the sound of my dryer. The second, I didn't save properly. And the third is happening right now. We'll see how this goes. So obviously, working from home is working perfectly for me. Um, it's just uh, it's just craziness right now. And I'm trying to sort out uh, all kinds of new workflows and all that is, is a real challenge. And one of the things I want to say right away is that um, it is a fact that uh, constraints generate creativity. And um, that's one of the things I'm thinking a lot about right now in the midst of all of this is that there are just a series of new constraints that are changing the way we have company meetings and culture and how each brand operates and all these kinds of things. And I think that's kind of the theme today of what I want to talk about is sort of within this new world that we live in for this moment, for however long it lasts, I'm trying to be clear-headed about the reality that the constraints that we have um, are just going to force us to be more creative about the solutions that we put into place. Uh, that's not to downplay for even one second or to spin something as positive that's unquestionably a giant negative in the world. It's, it's really hard for a lot of people for all kinds of reasons related to all kinds of things, including obviously the most obvious of people just health and um, some of that stuff. And, and then also like the economic um, uh, crunch is, is going to be hard here. Uh, for people, if they're not already feeling it, they, they it seems like they will. I, mean, I don't really know. I remain convinced that trying to predict the future and all of this stuff, the length of this thing, what the, all the outcomes and externalities are going to be, I just think all of that stuff is, is impossible. So what I have to do instead is sort of live within the constraints and uh, behave accordingly. Um, I have this unique thing, though, that is, I think, different for me than it is for um, for a lot of you, which is that I don't have one business or one brand to run. I have three uh, to run. So if you're an agency person, you understand this. Or uh, for the few of you out there who are doing something similar um, to what we're doing at 4400, you understand this. But um, but for me, it, it's not just about what's happening in my brand. It's, happen- it's about what's happening in my company, which owns three brands. And that's really interesting because all three of our brands are, are really different from one another and uh, I think are being affected by this in really different ways. So uh, let me start with the, the bad, the, the brand that's getting hit the most, the one that I'm the most concerned about for sure. Um, and that's FC Goods. Uh, wallets made out of vintage baseball gloves and other leather goods made out of vintage baseball gloves. It's a $144 average order value, um, higher price, non-essential. It's a great gift product. Um, and and so it just is not something that is an essential right now. And and it makes perfect sense to me that uh, that there would be a conversion rate drop-off uh, because of people going, ah, do I need to spend this money right now on this of all things? Um, and that's exactly what we're seeing. So um, from March 1st to March 10th, conversion rate of 1.33%. Um, from March 11th on, conversion rate of 1%. That's site-wide, um, exact same AOV on that. That's also with about 20% less traffic. Uh, that makes my click um, worth about 50 cents less for every person who clicks on my uh, uh, ends up on my website. And so that's just that's just really bad. And actually, if you put a magnifying glass up against the last three or four days in particular, it's even worse. Uh, we're just getting smashed on conversion rate right now. Um, and uh, and I kind of wonder if that will continue to be the effect the longer this thing goes on, that just people are just not going to uh, 
um, not going to want to buy in this kind of area. So I, I have to think about that a few ways. Here's the really fascinating thing about that though. Um, because we track at the Facebook level, uh, what happens at each step of the funnel? Like what percentage of clicks turn into cart ads? What percentage of cart ads uh, turn into uh, checkouts initiated? And what percentage of those checkouts initiated become purchases? If you've been following Taylor's content at all recently, you've seen him talk about this. Um, my cost per checkout initiated, which is actually a metric I pay very close attention to right now, specifically because of the way we have our landers built. Um, when you come to our site, you click buy now off of our lander, one page, and it takes you straight to checkout. It skips the cart, it takes you straight to checkout. Um, very short pathway to checkout to, to conversion. So we get a lot of checkouts and we, we convert about 30% of them usually, sort of in normal times. Um, and that's because we get people to check out fast. So if, you, if you're getting people to check out a little slower, you'll convert a higher percentage of those. Well, that number has gone way, way, way down. Um, so it's costing me the same amount to get somebody to check out as usual. Um, in fact, today, I'm even starting to see it's Tuesday today. I'm even seeing some drop in that cost per initiate checkout uh, as CPMs go down. But, uh, but I'm converting so few of those right now, way less, uh, less than half of what I was converting before. Uh, of those checkouts initiated. So it just seems to me what that anecdotally, it's, it's hard to say exactly what's happening, but it seems to me that people are going, this is a cool product, I'm interested, I'm interested. And then they get there, ready to give me their credit card information for $145, and they go, mm, I don't think so. I don't think I need to spend that money right now, and they hold off. So we're doing a couple things to address that. One of them is um, I'm considering a lot of different aspects of my abandoned checkout flow. Uh, I may extend, my, make my discount go from 10 to 20%, uh, for people who have made it that far, instead of doing a site-wide discount and really trying to do a sale, just say to somebody, hey, we're going to reach a little farther across to help you out a little bit more and make it easier for you to make that purchase. Uh, maybe even make it a plain text email. Just say, hey, right now we're making this a little bit easier for you uh, within what's possible for us as a business. Um, so I'm considering doing something like that. The other thing we're considering is I have previously been slow to add things like Affirm or Afterpay for all kinds of reasons. Um, so far, it, for one thing, it hadn't really helped us that much in the past. Uh, we've tested this and um, and I'm considering bringing that back. I wonder if helping people, letting people spread out a payment like this who really wants to give this as a gift right now um, might actually be a real service to them to just say, oh, we can, we can uh, give you that. So something that maybe spreads out payments, I think could really help with that. So that's, that's what we're considering there. It's a little too early to say what's going to happen next. Uh, slick products, wash products for off-road vehicles. So it's interesting. Slick so far has seen um, in some ways very little effect from all of this. Um, it kind of makes sense to me. If you're, if you're riding off-road vehicles, you, that's something you can do. That sort of hobby generally is not going to be super affected by something like this, especially I think if you're going to a dirt bike track with a lot of people, that event's probably canceled. But um, for the ATV, UTV people out there, if you're just with family and, and those sorts of people, I could see this not really interrupting that sort of part of your lifestyle too much. Um, and, and actually from March 1 to March 10, we had been doing particularly well. And it's kind of hard for me to figure out why. We actually were doing some research already to go, what is happening with Slick? We're just kind of um, seeing big revenue spikes. Um, but in the midst of that, the fascinating thing is since March 11th, our revenue per click is almost, ex is it is exactly the same as it was from March 1 to March 10. Now we're getting less volume than we were before for sure, um, but but the actual revenue per click that we're getting, again, factoring in conversion rate and AOV is totally flat. So um, so like almost, almost exactly. Um, 
And uh, now less volume matters because we, we want to um, continue to see the growth, but uh, and that's also partly a strategy for us. So here's, here's the real big way that this is affecting us there. The one product that we make in China for all of our 4400 brands is um, a, a pressure washer foam cannon uh, with which you spray soapy or foamy soap on your vehicle with slick. And um, so that has been delayed. Now we're gonna get more of those at the end of April, but we're gonna run out of them this week. So we're gonna be about a month without them. And we're trying to game plan what the best way to handle that is. For one thing, I think right now, you could really get away with doing a pre-order with a slow ship um, type situation. I think just kind of everybody in the world understands what's happening uh, and that there's going to be challenges related to things like supply chain and shipping and fulfillment. So we're considering just sort of saying we'll ship them out at the end of April, um, give it, you know, give it a shot. We've done some pre-order stuff before. It hasn't massively affected our conversion rates on site. So we may play with that, but it's a big deal for us because about 30% of our orders include a pressure washer foam can. And so we need to be able to um, to, to be able to sell those at some point. However, this is also where the constraints generate creativity principle really comes in to play because what it's also forcing us to do is think about, wait a minute, what if we could actually just sell just wash bottles and solutions without the gun? Could we lead with different products than we've typically led with? Um, could we sell our garden hose foam gun more because we have plenty of those and, and all those sorts of things. So uh, we've got currently in the works five different landing pages, all being built, all separated out by basically offer. Uh, with different offers um, related to different products that we have in stock. And we will also test various ways in which we can message the pressure washer foam cannon situation. So for those of you with supply chain issues related to all of this, um, you know, Wuhan is back to work basically. And so we're getting more of these things relatively soon. We're going to have to probably pay a little more for them to get them air freighted back to us. But, uh, but when you're in there, look and, and take this time and think about what can you do uh, to to communicate clearly what your shipping timeline is. You may be okay there, actually, if you're getting products back soon enough. And if you um, and if you aren't, if you're going to be without product for a little while, consider how you can move other products to the front of your customer acquisition um, that you normally don't do that with. Think about new angles for those products. Uh, and, and see what you could test. Let the constraint generate creativity. I bet you will open up a kind of thinking that you haven't done before. Bamboo Earth. Now this is the one where um, uh, skincare products uh, targeted towards women primarily, where um, really, really clean ingredient lists, that sort of thing. Um, Bamboo Earth uh, has actually done very well during this time. Again, like pretty much everybody else, less volume, less revenue, we're seeing click-through rates go down and all kinds of dynamics on the ad account. But actually the really fascinating thing for us right now about Bamboo Earth is that our conversion rate has spiked. Uh, so from basically 3% to 4% on our site. Uh, and now I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One of them is we are definitely driving less top of the funnel traffic via Bamboo Earth, uh, via Facebook ads than we usually do. And if you just think about that, um, Bamboo Earth has great LTV, great returning customer rate because the product is so strong and my team has done a really good job of building and retention tactics to just highlight that, help make it easy for people to come back and buy again. So, um, so that all happens. So as we pull back our new customer acquisition spend, uh, what we're seeing is a larger and larger percentage of our purchases are coming from people who are coming back and buying second time, third time, whatever. And uh, as that happens, those are really that's really high converting traffic. So the total conversion rate on my site now looks a lot better than it did before. Um, that said, our ad account actually looks pretty okay. Now, 
Again, less volume than we've seen before, but we were already in the midst of testing a lot of stuff, playing with a lot of different ideas. Um, and, and so actually Bamboo Earth now becomes this source of potential profitability, especially leaning on past customers coming back and buying again, that perhaps uh, it wasn't before. Before we were in big time growth mode um, with Bamboo, really pushing hard to keep growing quickly, building that uh those cohorts so that we can realize the LTV in the long run. But now what I'm thinking about above everything else is liquidity. Uh, what I care about right now is seeing this time through. What I fundamentally believe about the future right now, now <laughs> factor in everything I've said about predicting the future here, but what I fundamentally believe is that there will be a point where things will come back to relatively normal in this. And that American businesses will keep growing, people will keep being employed, and at some point, we'll have a large community hit in all kinds of ways, but that we will come out of it. Um, and when that happens, uh, what I want is to have a healthy business with where I just kind of make it. I want to stay in the game long enough to get there. That's what I'm saying. I want to stay in the game long enough to get there. So I'm focusing less on growth and more on cash, more on profitability. And this is the thing. I can do that by pulling not just any product lever or ad spend lever for any one brand, but I can do that by thinking about the totality of what my brands contribute to my portfolio. You probably can't do that, but you can run the same analysis for your business, which is what should I be focusing on right now? Should I slow down my growth goals for this year? This is a something that nobody could have seen coming. Um, so should I slow down my growth goals and instead really focus on having cash on hand, take the profit right now, um, and then be ready to gear up for growth later? Uh, and, and even as you do that, you know you, this is where you can test sort of messaging the moment in all kinds of ways. And if it takes off, great. Put the, put the growth engine back on. Uh, but you could try uh, new products that you aren't trying right now uh, on your ad account to lead with. Um, generating, whether it's uh, messaging to your past customers or gift cards, I don't, there's all kinds of things that can be different for every business. But for you, are there ways in which you could think differently about what your business is before while at the same time hedging by taking more profitability? Your business might not be able to do that. Um, and mine can in some kind of unique ways, but that's kind of what we're looking at right now. I'm saying to my team, let's really focus on being conservative about our ad spend, scale it if it works, like always, that, that principle doesn't change, that, that, that principle doesn't change. But, uh, but if you're seeing poor performance or you're just uncertain, let's be a little more conservative, watch our cash and see how this thing plays out. Um, as we do that uh, with uh, each of our brands, our hope is that we can just, like I said, stay in the game long enough and be in good shape for as this thing goes. So we're gonna um, keep at it, we'll keep coming with the updates. Um, I'm seeing all kinds of effects that are happening in my accounts in very different ways. I'd love to hear about the problems that you're facing, anything that you wanna weigh in on. Stay up on what's happening with Aaron Orendorf, Taylor Holiday, um, Twitter and, and, uh, and elsewhere through the CTC blog. We're gonna try and keep the content coming from all aspects of kind of the 4x400 CTC universe so that you can stay up on everything that's happening. Uh, from the vision we have across a whole lot of accounts from our businesses and beyond. So if you have any questions, at Andrew J. Ferris on Twitter or email me at podcast at 4x400.com. Love to hear them. Love to talk about them. Thanks very much. Good luck. Keep at it.